0: Hello, we're the Sticky Bun Boys. I'm Barbie. And I'm Ken. Welcome back to the podcast. The new series of Bake Off may be on the horizon, but we're still ploughing through Series 3. And this week, we finally reached Biscuit Week. We have indeed. Now, lots of you have asked, so it's worth mentioning that as soon as the new series drops, we will be abandoning the lovely bakers from 2012 and diving straight into the new series, recapping it each week for you. But don't worry. Once this year's series wraps up, we'll head straight back to Series 3 to pick up where we left off. Of course. Now, to biscuit week, and this one is an absolute cracker of an episode. Cracker? Do you get it? Let's get down to business. I thought you'd never ask.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
0: So it's Biscuits Week in the quarterfinal. Very bizarre. It just seems bizarre now because for so long in the modern series, in mm. the modern era, for so long, Biscuit Week is week two. And there was a was once it was week one. Why do you think, do you think it's better? Do you think it's better having cakes, biscuits, bread in that order every year? I have quite liked that because it's like a little, it's quite comforting and it kind of, people know where they're at. It kind of just gives something to kind of, from years gone past, you can kind of judge people across the years. Mm. But as you've always said, you think biscuits are quite tough. So it's yeah. like having it as a final is quite a good one. Yeah, I think it's a good quarterfinal challenge. But I think when you think about the... I think you're right. There's so many bakers in the first three weeks. And uh, now it's like it's it's so busy with all the backstory and everything like that. I think it's actually all right to have fairly straightforward stuff that you kind of know how it works. Yeah, like The public sort of knows how cakes, biscuits and bread work now. I have to say it does show though, because signatures and technicals aside... A biscuit showstopper is always a structural technical bake. Yeah and seeing here with these guys it shows that it probably should be further on like to have it as a second week showstopper yeah shows how difficult it is yeah for sure for sure the tent actually feels quite empty this week as well now they've got rid of two so it suddenly just feels very different there's a lot of room at the front it seems like you know as the presenters and the judges walk in mm. they're stood in the same position it's like you guys can move a bit further forward or they can move <laughs> the tents further back like it doesn't yeah. make yeah weird but who do we think the finalists are out of this bunch now oh again this is one of those interesting things because i never i have watched this series when i when it was first out a long time mm. ago and i do know the winner do you know the winner i know the i think, winner, think we all know the winner. the winner but we've got Catherine, james john danny and brendan i would pick brendan and danny i would probably pick definitely danny so john and danny and then brendan or james john and danny brendan's brendan more cons- james. james has failed more at this point than brendan so perhaps i would say brendan brendan almost to me is like the shoe if i if i didn't know who won i think i'd maybe say brendan actually yes. won. <laughs> yeah i think i'd probably say the same uh, okay so we're going to the signature then they've got to make 48 crackers or crisp breads and they need to be thin and crack when snapped in two and they have two hours which isn't much time to make 48 crackers it's not the issue is that crackers are baked very quickly so that's one mm. thing that's a bonus and they don't have any you don't really have much resting time or rising but it's time the quantity that's the problem exactly and especially those ovens because one thing they talk about here they're like saying oh we don't want some to be burnt around the edges what you've noticed from this series is their ovens probably aren't as good as the ones that we have now in mm. bake-off that have a really good circulation of the air because often people's biscuits and things like the ones at the edges are starting to brown earlier but it's more so, realistic though that's what everyone's home ovens are like Yeah, I've got a really nice, actually, Italian range oven. Of course you do. Did you pay for it? No. Nope. But I didn't get it free from a gift. It came with the house. It did come with the house because David's a homeowner. That's the kind of level of living he's at. Yeah, but you have a lovely rental. I do have a very lovely rental and I've got a cat. That's irrelevant really, isn't it? I don't know why I mentioned the cat. We can actually, we've got enough people that we can go through what they made this time. So Catherine made cheese and pickle crackers with an East Sussex cheese. Um, What do you reckon on those? I loved the idea, actually, cheese and pickle. Yeah, I think that's sounded nice. Although cheese is difficult to get the snap because cheese adds moisture into, into the cracker. Yeah, it tends to go more of like a chew than a snap. Catherine found consistency quite difficult, I think. It's, and it is one of the tough ones for this challenge in particular to do 48. Because it's such a simple thing, a cracker, mm. you do need them to look perfect all the same plus all have the same texture all have the same brown she was hand stretching some of hers which meant they were never all going to match exactly i didn't fully get that and if that was like a real design feature it wouldn't look that bad but it kind of looks like they were done wrong yeah it didn't quite work but it made me think of our keck lapis sarawak because basically having to keep your eye on the oven and like the baking times being under and over by like 10 seconds. And you're stressed and you're, you're trying to multitask because you might be trying to cut out some biscuits. And then you, because most of them were like, oh crap, I've got some biscuits yeah. in the oven and have to yeah. push them out. Well, I thought so when Catherine burned a batch, it was because she was chatting to Mel. Mel was at a bench. So she was distracted by that happening and then didn't look into the oven. And that was why in the Keck Lapis week for us, I was like, I don't want to speak to Sandy and Noel. Yes, and <laughs> like they came over yeah. and I was like, I'm too busy. I don't have anything to say. My favorite from these ones definitely were Danny's. She did a spicy almond one. So with mm, Raz al-Hanout. Yeah. Uh, and she put like this Parmesan powder, which was such a clever but idea. she used yogurt to bind them as well, which I thought was quite interesting. Yes. A bit of sourness. But they looked, they looked like paper thin, crisp was, and wafery. They said it was called desiccated Parmesan. So it's the Parmesan you get like from the, cupboard shelves, you know. Yeah, There isn't real because it's not yeah. even like in the fridge. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly hers. And they said it's got a complex flavour. They said it was a bit salty, but I'm a salty queen so oh, I, I love loved a it. salty cracker. Mm-hmm. I like the sound of James's ones, which were like a cayenne a cumin, or as Mary called it, cumin and chipotle, or is it chipotle chipotle do they call it? Chipot- I say chipotle, who'd say? Chipotle crackers. Chipotle crackers. And he made them with yeast. Yeah. He's the only person to throw yeast into his crackers. No, no, so did Catherine. Did she? Catherine's was yeasted, yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. (laughs) Did you see them? I wrote, I wrote Catherine's yeasty. I thought he was the only one using it. It doesn't really matter, really, I suppose. Because Catherine's didn't work and James's sort of (laughs) did. James's was very, very thin wafer thin which is quite hard with yeast because yeast gives you a lovely flavour but yeast tries to rise which makes it very difficult to get a thin even cracker which it also made me think why bother putting yeast in if you're going to roll something that thin so it doesn't need leavening at all yeah but you might get a couple of colour bubbles which are always nice in a cracker yeah I mean they looked the thing is with this they wanted and to be fair this is what they did say but they wanted them to uniform they wanted to have a uniform colour I quite like with crackers where you've got some that are a a little bit more crispy a little bit more brown at the edges and like different shapes. I do quite like shards of cracker rather than these perfect Yeah, I completely agree. Ones. I also didn't see anybody using a pasta machine because that's how I get my crackers to be uniform. Yeah, really, really. And also just for the rolling out wise, it's just really thin. And so much thinner. I use I make crackers with my sourdough discard. That's my kind of general use. Yes, me too. Yeah. What did we think of Brendan's multi-seed savoury crackers topped with aniseed? Oh, I love that. Uh, they look nice, actually. They He was very, very exacting with his measurements, mm-hmm. he managed to roll them very, very thin. Um And I just thought, when you have loads of different seeds that kind of go all toasty, because crackers are like so thin. Cackers. Cackers. I, I really liked the idea of his, actually. I... I thought they sounded fine. It was the aniseed that kind of turned me off on them. Um, See, my, I could only really picture eating his with a slab of cheese. Sure. And then John was making Asian spice crackers with cumin, coriander and fennel. Fennel is my second thing that I just can't do. Well, I mean, fennel is aniseed flavour as well. So. Yeah. Although to be to be fair, all of them did fairly well, to be yeah. honest. I thought John's, I thought looked really good. And there's a couple of overbaked. But then Paul said, I'd have liked them to be bigger. So like you can't just, when you're giving like your reasons, things like that, You didn't ask for a size No Like crackers You can have really lovely Dainty small crackers There was no reason To say that as a negative thing You can't judge something Against something That wasn't asked for Yeah Um, And Mary did say You can always have twice as many Yeah So I quite like that To be honest All of them were good Most of them had really nice cracks um, But slightly overbaked The only problem was Catherine Who Who only made 46 she had made 46. Some of them were a bit chewy. They didn't snap. They were bendy. It wasn't great. I loved that once again, they did her the dirty because when she was saying basically like, oh, I just don't want it to look like I'm not trying. I want it to look like I'm giving my all and I want my family to see that I tried really hard. And as she was saying this, they cut to her sitting on the floor Taking out a tray of crackers and just tossing them on the side with like a really unimpressed face. She didn't even use like a like a tray, did she? She just like, no, literally no. just poured them onto the counter and just sat on the floor. As if she didn't care. When in reality she was probably more annoyed and frustrated at that point. And very stressed, I think. Overall, though, like I was like, it's an intense challenge, but I didn't enjoy watching it. No, it was boring. It was a bit dull. Like I was like, batch baking is a challenge in and of itself. Like when we had to make those Yeasted buns in week seven. We had to make 24, which was, or 40, was it 48? Let's say 48. We had to make 153 <laughs> individual buns and they all had to be uniform. Like, it, batch baking is hard, but this challenge didn't do it for me. I don't know whether it's going to be lost personalities. Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't quite there. BB, they talked about an Aberfro biscuit, Aberfro biscuit from uh, Wales, which is shortbread, but in the shape of a scallop shell. Oh, I saw the start of that and I was like, I'm bored already honestly they spent a long time talking about how it wasn't shortbread then described the making of it which was shortbread the technical though going from like terrible to brilliant the technical was absolutely Wild. And they said it was over 30 degrees. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Over 30 degrees in the tent, which is hot Hot, for baking. Hot, 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 hot. So six chocolate tea cakes in two hours. So these are like Tunnocks tea cakes in the UK, which we've spoken about these before. Like quite a short biscuit with a little bit of a gentle sog on it, covered in like a dome of marshmallow coated in tempered chocolate. Yeah. Quite hard to temper chocolate when, as part of the tempering process, you need to bring it down from a hot temperature to like 32 to 35 degrees when the tent is sitting at that already yeah like chocolatiers have these marble slabs don't they that are cool to be mm. able to temper chocolate i also have a bit of an issue because as a tea cake a ton of tea cake fan like as yourself the biscuit has to have a bit of a sog whereas they just made digestive biscuits were actually quite crunchy, crunchy which is okay but i would rather have that kind of slight soggy biscuit well my issue was with the the perfect perfect tent um, because when they made them and they were talking about how the, the chocolate needed to be tempered they cut into them the chocolate bent yeah but that's because of the, they, you could see then once they'd done the first one it went back to the other ones it was so hot that they'd all started to sink in the middle. Mm. I think it really was just a very, very hot week. This was also the very first time in a technical where when the judges are asked to leave the room, one of the hosts goes, oh, where are they going? And the other one comes up with a joke. That was the very first time that that's ever happened. Because normally it's just like, they have to leave the tent so they go. But now it's like, oh, they're off to judge... a. Cat eating contest or something, and but this time they just said the pub, so it wasn't a funny joke. But it was the first time it's been said. Do you know what I liked in this this challenge was? And it's just something very small, but Brendan, because he's so prim and proper and perfect, mm. he basically got this bit of marshmallow on his face. Obviously, been eating it because it was like the corner of his mouth. Then the next time he showed, me he had two bits of marshmallow. <laughs> <on his face. laughs> I was just think like, he's probably absolutely gutted watching this and seeing this marshmallow. Everyone knowing that he's been slyly eating it. Also. um talking of journalism because i've been very focused on journalism for this challenge a couple of weeks ago we were talking about um someone asked us what short meant as in like short biscuits or short whatever it was and john explains it in this episode we came up with a a, a random answer Mm, (laughs) i think i I don't think his answer was true he says his his claim let's say is that it's called short because the gluten strands are short and that makes it crumble yeah which is i guess it's kind of true because you're blocking the gluten joining together Mm. Um, so therefore it would make them short. It's not the gluten strands that are short though. So then, so they're chocolate style then. How are they they're getting the chocolate into the moulds? Would you be a porer or a painter? I would be a porer. I think I would be a poorer too, but having watched it, I do think painting is probably the best option. Yeah, it's just such a hard one because you would never try and do what they were doing, doing it in that heat. I think I also wouldn't try and paint chocolate at home because I'd have to wash the brush. Oh, yeah. And That's like, do you remember only had to do chocolate-covered biscuits in our year? Yeah. Your kitchen was just, like, greasy with chocolate butter. Ugh, gross. So the main issue in this was that, obviously, with chocolate, there's things you don't do. Like, you never put water near chocolate, for example. Mm. Another thing you don't do is you don't put it near a fridge because mm. all that tempering you've just done is kind of spoiled. But we know from doing our chocolate biscuits that you don't even need to temper chocolate to get shiny chocolate from a silicon mould. Exactly. I wrote that down, too. Yeah, and the thing is, Catherine didn't want to put her chocolate into the fridge which is a lovely idea we love your idea catherine Mm. but in that heat you've got no other option but also if you're putting it in for like a couple of minutes it's not going to make it bloom straight away no and she also had no other she must have seen and looked at her chocolate thinking this isn't setting so yeah basically everyone else put their chocolates into the molds into the fridge to set them for a bit before they filled them with the marshmallow but Catherine left hers out. Then by the time she put it back in the fridge, there wasn't enough time. So she ended up filling her chocolate molds with her her kind of wet chocolate molds with marshmallow and thinking she'll just set it all together. They were making a Swiss meringue marshmallow, which I've also never seen before. I've, and also it was a very strange one. They didn't put, because for me, marshmallow is you make a kind of a meringue and you add some gelatin to mm. it to make it like that. But it was so interesting where they just were using golden syrup and then just doing a Swiss meringue. Well, golden syrup's the same as like um, adding glucose syrup to it. Yeah. But why would that then make it into a meringue? It just stabilises the meringue before when you add the gelatin. I don't, I don't quite understand what they were but doing there. But didn't add there. gelatin, I don't think. No. I mean, it was a nightmare for... I mean, it was, it was stressful, but brilliant. Like, there were so many elements to it. Well, actually, no, there weren't. That's a lie. There were very simple elements. There was chocolate, meringue, and a biscuit. Like, yeah. that was all there was. But it was a brilliant challenge. And the unmoulding was so tense. And Catherine, God bless her, had just an absolute nightmare. And Sue was the only thing that I think got her through that challenge. She did that thing where she starts unmoulding and then she's like, nope, it's like, you can't leave them in there yeah they have to come out <laughs> they've got they have to, to come, come out. out she kept going oh my giddy aunt oh my giddy aunt and what what a poor aunt i know i when she said this i was suddenly thinking that phrase is really strange when someone says it enough times it mm, sounds bizarre really bizarre they weren't actually that bad though when Catherine got them all out i mean two of them she had broken so the chocolate was kind of bursting through the marshmallow but the rest was all right i have to say i think they're a bit harsh then because when they then did the judging danny's that weird curdledy like what how would you do that to marshmallow Yes, very it strange. Looked, I would have thought that was kind of the worst thing for and me. And Catherine came in last, but everything was fine apart from some of the domes had broken. So the yeah. only thing was the chocolate wasn't fully set, which wasn't the end of the world. Danny was fourth, third was John, second was Brendan, and first for the second time in a row was James. Oh, we love James. He's on the rise. He's on the rise. Then was the first showstopper, where I think they've begun to go a bit far. I. Don't fully agree because I think that biscuit sculptures are very good i think again it's hard to say because this was a very hot week and Mm. just about everything is difficult in the heat Mm. but this is a typical thing of what we do now for biscuits weeks so it's, it's gingerbread structure in four hours it feels to me like the first time the producers have gone for a mad creative challenge yeah previously it's like make a really good celebration tart or like make a really good this or a really good that and now they're saying use a bake to create something from your mind and that's a different thing Yeah but I really like those as well I think sometimes they go too far But I was quite happy for this I didn't think Maybe four hours was not quite long enough for the scale It was a bit weird And they all struggled quite a lot with the time And every single person had to cut elements Um, Basically the main thing was They weren't allowed to make a house Despite what Brendan made They weren't allowed to make a house And Paul said if you make a house He'll blow your doors in Oh, I don't know how I feel about him blowing my doors in I don't want him to blow anything (laughs) No (laughs) No, not at all So would you go When you stick biscuits together Would you go royal icing or caramel? Caramel. I do royal icing In in my home life, royal icing But in the tent, I would go caramel Because sticking stuff together with royal icing You have to hold it for long enough for the royal icing to set And I don't have time for that See, I quite liked it. When I did it, I did royal icing and I was happy only because the caramel is such a faff and so many times you burn yourself Mm. and it drips and things, whereas royal icing is more controlled. But you're right, you then need the time to be able to hold it together. Brendan did a gingerbread bird's house, which arguably is a house, um, and he stuck it together with... Royal icing, which and it worked well. It was a it was a good structure for Brendan. It was very simple. It was very simple. He kind of went more to town on decorations than the rest, but his decorations were he put shredded wheat tiles on the house. Yeah, they all seemed to be allowed to bring in stuff from home for this one because there was curly whirlies <laughs> like stuff as well. <laughs> curly whirlies on on Catherine's Buckingham Palace. Yeah, a bit weird. But like, yeah, he went over OTT on the decoration, but his bake was very very simple. But then I guess if you're doing royal icing, you kind of have to do it simple because there isn't enough time. You couldn't make what John. made Made with royal icing, well, I, I essentially did do that, so no, you didn't. You and made I did, flowers, and I did shortbread. Yeah, mine was probably more complicated than right You taller. made like two sticks so, with a couple of there things go. on top, and Nothing. loads of beautiful twill biscuits. Um, so Brendan's biscuits were very crisp, but perhaps too spiced. Um, and they could they criticize it for being too simple, but he was never really in the danger zone there, I didn't think. What did you think with, with gingerbread? What did you think with Catherine flavoring it, not just spicy, but doing chocolate orange gingerbread? So for one of my bake-off auditions, I brought a chocolate orange gingerbread. And actually, there's like a running thing with me and Elena where whenever she releases a a recipe book, there's one of my recipes in it. I don't know why that started happening, but I'll do it now. Oh, she's got so you've done a chocolate orange gingerbread for her gingerbread book. There's a chocolate orange gingerbread for her gingerbread book. It's actually, the way I like my chocolate orange, though, is it's a bit bitter. So I think what Catherine's was was quite sweet, but mine was a slightly bitter chocolate orange gingerbread. I think that's quite good because if you've got an icing with mm. it then that brings the sweetness I, my only issue is it's got to be chocolatey enough it can't yeah. just be the color of chocolate For my bake-off audition i made a gingerbread village of miniature gingerbread houses and the houses walls and doors were made of a kind of a, a chili gingerbread and then the roofs were made with chocolate orange gingerbread my goodness i literally just like made a cake and a pie and that's why you're a reserve <laughs> so Catherine made a gingerbread buckingham palace um it looks fairly good It was on the leaner bit. The issue, because she said she didn't want to cut windows out because it would change the structure, which is true. But then to me, it all looked very brown. And also a a gingerbread house has holes in it. That's kind of what it is. It's not just a slab with things stuck on it. And again, it also was a bit of, it was more of a facade rather than like, it looked great from the front, Mm. but there wasn't anything else to it really no i think during the judging they were, they were a bit confused by the flavor profiles mary liked it but i think Catherine could tell as soon as judging started that that was pretty much it for her. yeah but before we get to any spoilers uh <laughs> danny made a gingerbread big ben and she was building with caramel it looked a bit clumsy um, and but it was be... the tallest of all of them yeah and if we're being pedantic it's not big ben is it big ben's the bell and there's no bell in there that's Isn't true. It called elizabeth tower or something Oh, it's got a name, I don't know. I barely care. No one else had structures as part of it. She had these toilet rolls, these cardboard tubes inside. Mm. They were helping to hold it up, which they obviously had said you were allowed to do. But you also thinking that slightly points away for the people that have managed to do freestanding things. Yeah, the biscuit was a bit soft. So perhaps she needed it. Perhaps she, had, she might not have planned to have it, but it was the biscuit was a bit soft. And Mary called it like a, a cookie gingerbread. And I think that's the gingerbread that I like. Yeah, me too. I don't like it when it's too hard. But when you're doing these structures, you have to overbake them slightly. And they can't... sometimes when they sit out for a while, though, they absorb moisture, don't they? So it might yeah. not be her fault. I think the most impressive, or the two most impressive ones were John's and James's. So Definitely. James made a gingerbread barn, which the one thing I didn't like about it was that he put cakes on it. I didn't understand why there were cakes there. It didn't make any sense to me at and all. And it looked disgusting. That was the bit that looked bad. I think, I think it tasted nice. I can imagine it tasting nice. No, I mean, it looked bad as in they didn't, they were meant to be kind of like tiles but they all just were kind of falling on them and they were too big in terms of the scale i mean the taste of it would have been lovely like a gingerbread tray bake almost but the actual structure was meant to be a normal bomb but then he made it into a decrepit one by kind of like putting sugar strings over it to make it look like cobwebs i loved it because he hadn't done enough to be able to do all the roof and things like that it looked really good he feels like he doesn't plan his things as much and just kind of rolls with it sack off the cakes you can do all the the biscuits you need and you could have finished yeah didn't make sense John made a gingerbread coliseum, which looked immaculate. This bake here is the first. It's like it's kind of 10 years ahead of its time. Yeah. Because this is the kind of bake that people do for biscuit sculptures nowadays. Yeah. And he did it then where people have gone way, had way too much time to print out templates and really think of a complicated structure. It looked brilliant. I've not, I've not seen this series, but I knew that bake now like people still talk about it now and i also noticed he talked about his boyfriend and he used like he him pronouns and his partner had helped to make all of this stuff and i don't think we'd had a contestant up to this point talk about a boyfriend had we i don't think so no no so like the first killer kind of time that he's actually being out and open which is quite big for 2012 I, th- I reckon there was a bb before we got to the judging about gingerbread how knights used to give it to maidens and they used to think that ginger was an aphrodisiac because it warms the blood didn't watch that. No, it was it was boring. And wouldn't have um, learned anything if I did. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping ahead then, they were judging. Um, Starbaker was James. Yes, well deserved. Well deserved. And it also helpfully and handily meant that every single person going into next week has a Starbaker. Not to be a cynic. I know, because I partly thought that John should have got it just purely for his showstopper. It was pretty incredible. But leaving was Catherine. And I loved Catherine. I thought she was really brilliant. She... She's one of those people that even if you didn't love her from the start, you kind of, you would have warmed to her because she just was really human um, all the way through. And I I think I didn't really like her bits with the judges and things so much, but I loved her bits with Mel and Sue and where she kind of, she really like went with the kind of... Oh, I, the whole ethos of Bake Off, basically. I thought she was brilliant. I really related to her um, as a character. I kind of I felt like I, I bake like her and I worried like her. And she did some brilliant stuff in the tent. Like some of the stuff she made was the stuff that I wanted to eat the most. You um, kind of felt, I kind of felt the same with you to, in Bake Off. Is at the start, she was doing brilliant things and she was enjoying it when the wheels started coming off, you kind of got the impression she wasn't actually enjoying it as much. It's yeah. like, I actually was glad she went this week because it's like, okay, otherwise you're just kind of torturing someone. And I was the same with you. There was like one week where I was like, Michael's just not enjoying this as much anymore. Like yeah. he was really enjoying it before. It's probably just good if he goes now. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking the same. They did give her like leaving music we've never heard before it was like a like a gentle cello solo did you hear it no you you're like henry you pick up on all the music we've never heard that before like it was a really like cello string quartetti vibes and then it moved into like the uplifting stuff later but it was a new theme which i'm going to label Catherine's theme from now on So, we have our semi-finalists, and it's going to be a bit of a tight one. I never usually want to put the words tight and semi together, but I guess for this it does work. Yes, it most certainly does. But before we dwell on that too much, shall we get on with the taste test? If you insist, Michael. This one comes from Alex, who likes to dip her Oreos in orange juice. I mean, surely this is quite a clean-cut one, but I'll ask the question anyway. Should Alex go to jail, or is she free to dip another day? Hello, it's us, interrupting the ads to advertise ourselves. Not like that, I'm taken. I'm not, so I'm not not advertising myself in that way. We digress. We're here to talk about our Patreon. Or our OnlyFans, as we like to call it. Each week, we upload bonus content such as ad-free and extra episodes, exclusive Q&As, behind-the-scenes content, and more. And all of that could be yours for the small price of a coffee each month. Or we also have an annual membership available for a cheeky discount. And you get the added bonus of knowing you're helping us to keep the podcast in your ears each and every week To join us All you need to do is visit Patreon.com forward Sticky Bum Boys We'll see you there Alex needs to be handcuffed yep. And not allowed to go near a shop Yeah, hung <laughs> <laughs> She's hung Alex Oh, sorry What were you thinking about Alex being hung? Yeah, I was thinking of Alex, I think I Alex as a woman And then I was like Oh, Alex is hung <laughs> well, She could be Yeah She really could be <laughs> What a horrible thing to do yeah, dipping Oreos. Oreos, chocolate, like they can be dipped in something I creamy. I told you about my um, friend who was dairy intolerant and had to like have cereal with apple trees before didn't oh, that. I? Yeah, and we, I mean, that's not even as bad. Like, this is even worse. Yeah, for me, it's almost like the cream of the Oreo going into the citrus. Yes, that's, that's what I think. Feel a bit, it's ugh. fine to be milky, creamy, but not orange juice and acidic and no. R- curdle. Right. Going straight away from that, and we're going into the inbox. We're not diving in, we're just gonna like slip in gently. Oh, gonna little little slip and slide, it's very little slip and slide into the inbox, (laughs) right? In this kind of motion, like a wormy kind of motion. Please stop doing that motion, (laughs) right? Andrew says, Hello, David. Hello, Michael. Sorry, just quickly, wormy motion, a wormy motion, like peristalsis. (laughs) It's like that. I'm a dancer, this is like dancing. I don't think it is. (laughs) Anyway, hello, David. Hello, Michael. I'm Andrew. (laughs) Good to know. Never miss an episode. I wonder if you were to bake... and Do you know what? He's probably subscribed. Andrew's probably subscribed. He's never missed an episode. Mm. He's probably subscribed like everyone should do. So it it drops straight into his inbox. (laughs) David just found out last week that when you subscribe (laughs) to a podcast, it automatically downloads. And this is our 52nd episode. But I don't... See, I... Oh yeah, it does automatically download. Because I subscribe. And I just noticed that it comes up on the top of my little listy thing each week. Is it, is it tiring being you? Sometimes, Just like constant yeah. surprises as you walk outside. New things every day. Umbrellas keep you, keep you away from the <laughs> wet. Do you know that? Actually, I've got an umbrella in my bag because this is the UK. I do know about umbrellas. <laughs> so Andrew wrote, I wonder if you were to bake an actual cake that looked like your Sticky Bum Boys logo, but couldn't use food colouring, what natural ingredients would you use for each colour? Keeping in mind, they've got to taste nice all together. No, I do need to just quickly pull out my phone so I can find out what the Sticky yeah. Bun Boys logo colours are. It's quite a strong... Are. Who made our logo again? Hymen. Hymen! <laughs> so Hymen made our logo, um, and we went th- back and forth with a couple of colours. Um, so we've got, a, we've got like a, a violet, like a lilac violet, then we've got like a light blue, a green, a yellow, and like a, a pinky red. That turquoise blue thing is going to be a tough one to get so the bottom violet what would you do for like a beetroot oh i don't want to put beetroot though it tastes gross no but i think beetroot the beetroot would be the top one mm. thing is you've then got if you're going to do something for a color but you can then add another flavor to overpower it because mm-hmm. actually beetroot and cardamom would go quite well together yeah but then all one two three four five have got to go together yeah so then they've got to go together as well the bluey one there's nothing that's that color apart from like a type of spirulina that doesn't taste as much but if you add vanilla to it it's okay but if you if you act like if you put blueberries like one or two blueberries in it would just tint it just whiz them in just tint it just tint it we've got beetroot we've got lemon obviously for the yellow for the blue we'd like whack in one blueberry and and just like give it a whiz yeah for the yellow for the yellow i think i'd put a little a quarter of a teaspoon of turmeric as well just to get that real yellow colour. sure sure so you got green and purple See, greens are tough because often it's really dark greens, isn't it? Mm. Like spinach and things. But, but, but a bit of spirulina would work on that, wouldn't it? Yeah, it probably would, actually. Yeah, then the purple would be... Lavin... No. Oh. Ooh. Ube. Ube! Yes. yes! Perfect. That will taste disgusting, Andrew, but it's not possible. Actually, for the green, we're going to use pandan as well, because I love that. Oh, that's a good idea. But it's going to taste disgusting. It's going to be like one of those cakes you eat layer by layer. Yes, yeah, so and now Andrew has to make it for us and send us a picture. Love that. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew has also said, I've got a favour to ask. So, lately I've been making ringtones out of soundbites from my favourite podcasts and YouTube shows, like Katya Zamo singing churn your own butter, grind your own beans. I don't remember where that's from. I love Katya as well. Katya's have a lot to Or Delta Work saying, wash your sister sauce. Might you do me the honour of saying something I can use to wake up to and to remind me to clock back in from lunch? To remind you because otherwise you'll just keep going, just keep walking off on your lunch break. You'll never come back. What would you say? I would just say, Andrew, oi, get back to work. That was quite northern If you, get back to work. Andrew, wake up or you'll get a savoury slab on your face. Do you know what I used to, Oh. You know what I used to use as my alarm was um, who, who sings Get on Your Feet, Get Up and Make It Happen? No? I don't know. I know the song, I don't know who oh, sings it. Let though. me see if I can find it. Hang on. It's uh, Gloria Estefan. So I used to wake up to this sound. Oh, it's, it's quite a long intro. <laughs> it's quite jolly, though. It's very nice, and it's like get on your feet, get up, and make it happen. I used to like that very much. That was mine. Sorry, back to back to Andrew. You were just slagging him off there. I wasn't slagging him off. I'm trying to wake him up. I, my thing was, I thought you were trying to wake someone up. What about this, Andrew? 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 Andrew. Do you want a chocolate starfish, Andrew? <laughs> there we go. Enjoy that. We could have just thought of multiple things to offer him, some some yellow juice. What what, what have we used to our titles for previous episodes? That's basically what we need to go for. Yeah. What else have we said? To be honest, he's saying this. We don't have to give him a new one. We we say loads of great things. Oh, we each also week. say keep it sticky every week. Do keep it sticky, Andrew. That's is that before bed? <laughs> it's not really a waking up thing, is it? Definitely not a go back to work from lunch. <laughs> Right, I think we're going to move on to the Olympics. The Olympics. This is the final Olympics. round of the Olympics for the qualifiers. Yeah. Well, how will this work? Will we read these out, decide on our qualifier, and then do we put it out to the public for a vote? <gasps> That's a really great idea. Do we have a semi-final? Because there's also quite a lot in the thing. So do we have two votes? We'll do okay. one vote of, like, one set, and then another set, and then it's down to the last two, and then we get to choose. Okay, cool. That sounds good to me. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Right, so, actually... Let's do a 3-3-3-3. Three, because three, three, three. it's going to be nine. Three, 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 we've, got eight, three, eight. we've got eight already. There'll be one after this, and maths means that makes nine. And yes. Three by three is nine. So if we do, th- if we do like semi-finals, are like you have to choose your favourite from the threes that we'll give you. Yeah, and we'll do it on our social media, which is what David. Sticky Bum Boys. There you go. You panicked there, didn't you? <laughs> I was like thinking, Sticky Bum <laughs> Boys. Uh, no, no, it's just Sticky Bum Boys, yeah. David. So we'll do a three, 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 and then we'll decide from the top three which one's the winner. Yes. <gasps> That's exciting. So you guys get some power, but we get all the power. Um, <laughs> okay, the first one is the slurping sound when someone's drinking with a straw and there's no drink left. Oh, I hate it. It's not really an ick, it's just annoying. Yeah, it's annoying. It's especially annoying if like, it's not that they're just trying to get the last bit, it's if they haven't even noticed they've got to the bottom. Exactly that, yeah. Okay, this one, this one. I don't know if this is just intensely annoying or Nick. Sticking their tongue out in a photo. My thing with this is it's way if they do it for every photo, it's just like their thing. Do you know what I've caught? You know the, the little two fingers that they put by your, by your head? Yeah. I've caught that. I started doing that little heart one for ages. Sure, sure. Yeah, the wee heart one. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You're, like you're pinching something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The little pinch. But like the, the fingers, like a photo, like someone gets a camera out, my, my fingers automatically ping up. And I'm like, no, Michael, stop it. Is it a crutch? I think some people use it as a crutch, don't they? So I don't want to be too harsh. If someone sticks their tongue out each time because they don't know what to do with their face and they're kind of nervous and think, oh, I'll just do that because I know I look good mm, like that. Mm. You don't look good. Some people then, look good with their tongue stuck out. Who? Many, many, many boys. Is that how you swipe? Would you always swipe right? If they've got tongue stuck out, swipe right. No, I'm joking. But no, no. I don't think that's an ick. I feel, I don't, I don't, I kind of nothing, Matt. Yeah, yeah, me too. How about people who let their dogs lick their lips? And they call it a kiss. Yeah, calling it a kiss in particular. Give us a kiss, and then it lick We all know where that tongue's been, you literally know in another dog's anus. That's where that tongue's been. Probably their own anus. Might be not. Or both. A- yeah, there's one. One of the puppies that like I helped nurse back to life from my bro- with my brother in Bulgaria. For that dog I taught it what, like a metal out Christ. of my mouth Didn't realize I was doing a podcast With Mother Teresa <laughs> over here Yes you did <laughs> um, But I would put food in my mouth And I actually made the dog Like actually lick the food Out of uh, my mouth No And then I came back From Bulgaria hate. one time And Nick was like If you ever do that again I'm just never going to kiss you So you know, it really great We've hit, we've hit 52 episodes we can, we can stop now There's no need to carry on No that this no. Is vile No You go to what jail What about Hazel I don't want her to kiss me now. Really? Yeah, she'll she'll kind of get her face close to mine, and I'm like, "That's lovely," but I can smell your breath now. <laughs> Do you know actually? Although I don't, I don't mind it with dogs. I actually don't like licky dogs, especially dogs that lick all the time. And Kai doesn't lick. I don't like dogs that jump on me. I don't want to be jumped on. Yeah, I'm the same. You would actually really like Kai because he's very respectful of space. Yeah, we we sit on the other sides of the room. Yeah, it's not really <laughs> for me. Um, so that is a nick, absolutely. Yeah. Um, how about this person said I dated a 24 year old who called nipples nip nops. <laughs> I like that! Not at 24. <laughs> 24. Well, if they are talking about their mum's nip-nops, <sighs> nip-nops, definitely not. Stop saying nip-nops. Oh, nip-nops. I hate it so much. <laughs> Is there a certain nipple that looks like a nip-nop? Oh, my nipples are going hard now. They're not... <laughs> I think a nip-nop has to be quite soft. Just thinking about it, were you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would you call them if you're not nip-nops? It's not, stop <laughs> saying nip-nops. How Do you is... know what? I, no, a proper, see, that's actually funny, though. An actual ick is when people just call them nips. Nips. Oh, no. That, that's not. That's nip-nops is an ick. 24-year-old. <laughs> On earnestly calling them a nip-nop. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't <laughs> touch my nip-nop. What a horrible thing to say. Oh, you can't have a nip-nop. They have to be nip-nops. Oh, you, nip-nops. Actually, you have to be referring to both of them. <laughs> I don't think you have a, not singular. a singular knob. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a singular. <laughs> Into the bin with a 24-year-old. Absolutely not. Okay, no. the last one of this round is when he uses the menu on the bottom of the chocolate <laughs> box. <laughs> This isn't so bad if you've closed it fully and the lid is fully sealed and you turn it over. But when they do that thing where they actually lift it up really high over their head <laughs> to actually look at the chocolates, <laughs> just eat one. And if it's horrible, just spit it out. They're not going to be that expensive, are they? That's brilliant. That's that's an absolutely cracking one there. That is a really, I'll that's say, a okay, For me, it's nip-nops or chocolate bar menu. Also uh, calling it a menu. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, whoever wrote in, you've had a nick for calling it the menu on the, bottom of the chocolate box. I... See, I'm going to go with the chocolate box. I'm going to go sch- nip But I like Nipnops. Okay, casting vote. Is nip or menu, Alex? I'm going nip-nop. It's a nip nip-nop. Oh, nip <laughs> Right, so. So read out the, so group them into threes. And so the first round is. The first round is nip One long fingernail. And head stuck in a (laughs) t-shirt. Very good. Okay. Then round two is... Missing missing the beat drop on a song. Yep. Holding the door open and making someone jog. And that one makes me laugh every single time (laughs) I even think about it. And practicing hula hooping. (laughs) Okay. And the third one... Is when you say... (laughs) When something's hot. (laughs) Stepping on what you think is a crunchy leaf and it's not... And asking the server what the sleep of the day was. <laughs> They're quite strong heaps, you know. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to put them on our social medias. But also, please write in with your votes to stickybumboys at gmail.com or slip us a little DM. And you know what? If you've still got more icks, we will revisit X. So please, if you've got some golden icks, send them in. The Olympics will continue in some shape or form in the future. Well, that's all we've got time for. As always, thank you so much for listening. We really love doing this silly little podcast and we love there's so many of you out there getting involved. Absolutely. But we're greedy and we want more. We'd love to jump into next season of Bake Off bigger and better than ever. So we need your help. Please do tell your friends, share our socials and shout about us from the rooftops. The more soggy bottoms we can reach, the better. Rating and reviewing us on your apps really helps too. And do remember to drop us a wee follow on Instagram or Twitter at Boys. We love a cheeky DM slide or even an email over at StickyBunBoys at gmail.com with any thoughts, opinions, questions, icks and stories. And don't forget to subscribe so each episode drops right into your inbox. Who knew? Who knew? That sounds like just about everything then. Right we'll see you next week no you hang up no you keep your nip knop sticky (laughs) ready for the boring bit let's go the sticky bun boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with love productions the great british bake-off or any of its subsidiaries all views and opinions are our own the great british bake-off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders very professional David in one breath (laughs) (laughs) we're all just having a bit of fun aren't we (laughs)